Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lucy Power Perspective. I'm Lucy Power, Australia's number one fitness escort and porn star. Um, Thank you for coming back and listening to another episode. Um, As you know, this first series is very raw, unedited. I'm just doing it straight into my laptop, this episode anyway. Um, And so I have a bit of background noise going on. I've got the dishwasher because I'm working from home and some idiot is using his whippersnipper, which really, really triggers me. But I'm moving ahead with this recording because I want to give you guys some information. So this episode is about client stories. I'm only going to talk about two. Well, I've written two down. I've got some notes alongside of me. And I've written two down and there's a few pages of each. So I think that'll take up to 20 minutes. If I get through them quite quickly, I might think of another one off the top of my head. But um, just for the sake of fitting in within 20 minutes, I'm going to talk about these two um, client stories. So some of the questions I get asked nearly daily, or one of the questions is, what is one of the most extreme things you have done sexually? So my first response to this is always my beer anal enema. Now, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Because when um, my client booked me in Hong Kong uh, for a porn star experience, he said he wanted anal as well. And he said he wanted to do an enema on me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, you know, there may have been a bit of miscommunication, maybe a bit of a language barrier thing going on. But when I turned up or a couple hours before I turned up, he messaged me, sorry, before he turned up to my hotel, he messaged me and he says, um, so we'll do beer with it. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't mind having a beer while we, um, go through this booking. It'll be fun. I don't drink a lot and, um, I like beer. So my client turns up and um, he has like three 1.5 litre bottles of Jindao beer, which is a uh, Chinese beer. Nice. It's actually really quite nice. And he was, and he had all of his equipment for the enema, which is like a big tube and a bag and all this sort of stuff. And he had a backpack with um, some goodies in there. And, and so he pulls out these bottles and, it starts explaining to me that the beer was to go in my ass, not water, because normally with an enema you put water in there to clean out your anal region for anal sex. So, But he said um, that it was for the beer to go in there, and I was immediately concerned. I'm like, this does not sound safe for me. So I said, do you mind if I look this up on Google because I really wasn't aware of um, you wanting this to happen. I think there's a bit of mis- miscommunication. And so I did a quick Google search in front of him. I'm looking up safety. I'm reading some, um, uh, you know, stories about other people's experiences. Some people do it with wine. And basically it's just a way, some people actually use it as a way of getting drunk without having to drink it. It goes straight into your into your blood system and it happens quicker apparently. So I thought the only thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to get drunk. And that's no big deal. So I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm up for it. Um, but so before part of this booking was also a gym workout together. And um, it was a little bit awkward because I'm in this hotel. We go downstairs into the gym area and there's no one there, but there's, it, there's always staff. So it's just us. And so it's pretty obvious. 
um, he was wearing just like work slacks and a white singlet and work shoes and I was wearing fitness gear. So we looked out of place and as I'm lifting, he's talking to me and he's like touching my muscles and telling me how beautiful I am and staring at me and all that sort of stuff. So um, it was a little bit uncomfortable. I felt a little bit uncomfortable but I made the most of it and um, tried not to, you know, make it too obvious and we went through that quite quickly he wanted me to work up a sweat basically because he wanted like all natural as well I wasn't to wear any deodorant or shower or anything like that um that's quite a popular fetish but anyway I digress so we finished the workout and we go back upstairs and he explains to me now what we're going to do is we're going to do the enema so I had to go into the shower on my hands and knees he hooked up the little bag or he was holding it I can't remember exactly because I was facing the wall and I was naked in the shower and so he had to put the tube in my ass and that actually felt quite uncomfortable maybe I didn't lube it up enough um I'm not sure uh why it was hurting but that itself felt quite uncomfortable but I went with it because I just wanted this wanted it to work you know I'm really really interested in indulging other people's fantasies and I like new experiences myself so I, uh, I did it and we managed to get it in. And so what he does is he pours the bag that he's holding up quite high so that the beer can go down the tube and into my ass. And he holds the bag up and he pours the beer in. And he says to me, all you've got to do is just hold it. Just don't let it out. So I'm thinking to myself, well, how can I let it out anyway because I've got something plugged in my ass. <laughs> and um, But then I could feel it inside of me and it was a really strange feeling, quite uncomfortable feeling and um, not dissimilar to, you know, actually having anal sex for the first time. You know, you feel like you need to go to the toilet because something is in there and usually when something is in there, you want to get it out. Um, And I was, you know, communicating this to him. I'm like, oh, you know, um, that feels uncomfortable. I'm not sure about this. Are you sure this is okay and he was just like really reassuring to me and he was saying things like baby you're doing such a good job you're a good girl you can do this I know you can do this you're really strong and I've seen all of your porn and I think you'll be brilliant at this and I'm like okay and um so we finished that bottle and and I'm sitting there and I'm full and I can feel this beer in my ass and it was just really bizarre and he goes I think you can do another bottle And I'm like, I don't think I need to. I feel so full already. Anyway, um, he goes, no, you'll be fine. Uh, He goes, the experience will be better if you're even more full. I'm like, okay. So um, he opens up another bottle and puts it in. And, yeah, it's just filling me up. And I'm starting to feel a little bit woozy. So I'm assuming that I'm getting drunk. And uh, he fills it in. So I've got like two 1.5 liter bottles of beer in my ass. And as I get up, uh, like I'm feeling quite tipsy, which was fun, um, and it was all okay. And he just said all that um, he wanted to do was keep uh, – actually, no, I don't think we took it out of my ass. I think it was still in my ass as we walked to the bedroom, and he wanted to keep it in and fuck me while it was in there, but fuck me in my pussy while the tube was in my ass and while I was just really full. He liked that sensation. So we did that. And um, that was fine. And then we took the tube out and he was like, you've got to hold it in. Um, and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, hold, I'm trying my hardest to hold it in. And um, 
So, you know, I'm doing a good job holding this beer in, but it's feeling a bit weird. And he goes, just hold out for as long as you can. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I feel like it's going to come out. And he goes, no, baby, you're going to be fine. This feels so good. And so we actually do it. But after a few minutes, a few more minutes, I was like, okay, that's it. I really feel like I need to go to the toilet now. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And, um, like, I've actually got some photos online of this session on my OnlyFans and a little bit of video, I think, from memory. Like, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm not even looking at my notes. I think he actually tied me to a chair. So I was on the bed on my back and he dragged the chair so that I had my hands above my head and he used handcuffs to tie me to the chair while all this was happening, while he was fucking me and everything. So that was cool. That was all fun. I'm fine with that. Um, We also played around with nipple clamps and um, there may have been like a little bit of spanking, um, but it's the beer anal enema that was really the highlight of the, the night. And so anyway... I we finished up and I head towards the toilet to release it and he follows me in and I said oh look I'm I'm gonna poo this out now (laughs) he goes I know he goes I'll be here and I'll help you and I'm like what do you mean I I said this is gonna basically be shit I can't I don't think I feel comfortable shitting in front of you and he goes it's okay he goes this is what I want to do I want to be here for you and this is your first time and I want to support you and I'm like oh shit okay you know, you sometimes people have kinks that you just wouldn't normally think about and my job is to support those kinks and that's what I like to do. So um, anyway, I realised I was going to record video record this whole thing as well and now I haven't done it, but anyway. Um, so I proceed to release it and I'm shitting in the toilet and it is coming out like liquid and it's absolutely disgusting And I'm just like, but he's rubbing my back and being a sweetheart and going, it's okay, don't feel uncomfortable about any of this, I'm totally okay with it. I'm like, fine. So we do that, I shower, clean up, and we finish our session. Um, I think there was some more sex or whatever, but I was actually really quite drunk by the end of it. And um, he didn't really want to go. He was quite upset that he had to leave because he was already a little bit obsessed. And um, it was uh, quite funny quite an interesting situation and now I think about it and I just laugh my ass off and the next day I felt like shit because I had the biggest hangover because I consumed so much um beer in my ass but it was funny I I took the day off because I had hurt my ankle just before this trip anyway and I walked around Hong Kong and just giggled at the adventure I just had the night before it was uh quite an experience and um yeah just absolutely hilarious so right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about client number two sorry interesting client story number two but while I do this and I just chat to you I'm setting up the video because I'd like to video record this and then I can put it on my YouTube channel after as well so another interesting um, client story I have for you is um, it's called the teddy bear man I call him the teddy bear man Um, now I just want to go through a little prelude to this story so um, I write a lot of 
my stuff while I'm traveling. I tour a lot interstate and overseas and it gives me a great amount of time to write. So, you know, I was writing this story um, on my Virgin flight from Brisbane to Sydney and, um, like, I have a fan and a future client who picked me up from the airport, took me to the hotel and um, which I'm really grateful for. But anyway, I was going to go through and read this prelude to um, the story, but it's not really relevant, I've just realised, to um, the podcast itself. Like it made sense in my head as I was writing it, but it would just be better to um, as a written piece rather than you listening to me talk about the situation I'm in as I write it. Um and I think I was talking about that because the actual situation I was in at the time was um, another interesting client story and that's why I was going to talk about it but I haven't read through my notes and I can't remember it. So let's just get back to the teddy bear man. So teddy bear man, I was touring Melbourne and it was an out call and I had to Uber to his house. Um, I was pretty unfamiliar with the suburbs of Melbourne so I wasn't sure like if it was a nice suburb or um, you know, a scary suburb, but uh, the further out I got, the the rougher it started looking. But you know, I've I've been in much worse housing situa- uh, situations before where people are totally fine. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're a murderer or anything like that just because you live in an area that's further out of town and isn't like ritzy and glamorous or whatever. Um, but I'm just still aware of my surroundings and aware that I am far away from. Um, you know, having my own car or anything like that. So anyway, so it's like 80s um, yellow brick and there's like long weeds and um, all that sort of stuff. Hold on, I just have to close my blind because the sun is coming in and I can't see a thing. And I really can't wait to listen back onto these podcasts um, the more that I do and give myself shit for how I'm recording it really unprofessionally and unrehearsed and raw. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, as I enter his house, um, I greeted him like he came out and he was wearing like um, tracky dacks and like a, a white t-shirt that was sort of crinkled and he looked pretty um a little bit unkempt but not unclean so I greeted him with a hug and a kiss on the lips and thanks for inviting me and we went inside and you know just did the greetings and the smiles and all that sort of stuff and he seemed quite pleasant and I felt safe immediately um he then proceeded to take me to the kitchen where he had laid out um the money for the booking it was a four-hour booking and he laid it out like into perfect little $500 piles of $50 notes and um, wanted me to count in front of him, which I really, really appreciate because there are plenty of um, clients who don't give you the money straight up and it can be a little bit uncomfortable um, asking for the money first. I don't feel so uncomfortable now, but at, at, at first I was. I also just want to point out really quickly that um, – <laughs> I'm still on uh, pain medication, which affects my memory and my speech and bringing words to mind, words to mind, and bringing words to mouth, um, just like that. So I, um, I don't articulate 
myself as eloquently as I usually do and it's very difficult doing this but I really want to go ahead with it because I think it'll be interesting to listen back um, to see if uh, once I'm off of the meds um, my speech comes back goes back to normal but anyway I think you can still understand me and that's the most important thing so uh, account it's all good everything's fine and he offers me a drink I have a glass of wine and um, he has I can't remember what he had he may have had a vodka or something like that he starts to show me around his house and shows me this little um, countertop of Queen paraphernalia. So he was a Queen fan. Um, he went through, like, all of their CDs that he had. He had um, postcards and DVDs and um, he was really quite fanatic and um, I thought, straight away I could tell also by his um uh communication with me and his approach to me that he was possibly on the spectrum of autism which is fine um so but I realized that you know it could be quite a challenging booking because one autistic trait is that um you know they feel uncomfortable with uh, people in the personal space and I did feel a little bit of that when I approached him for a kiss and a cuddle so all it meant is that in situations like this um, sex workers have to really think on your feet and um, decide how it is appropriate to act or behave with any given client um, based on you know, you know understanding someone's body language within a couple of minutes of meeting them so he took me into the lounge room and then we went to this big cabinet that he had of 80s toy paraphernalia, teddies, um, like like statues and uh, collectibles and things like that. And I just thought, wow, it was incredible. There were some things on there that uh, put a huge smile on my face because we obviously were from the same sort of generation and there was he had an ALF teddy now, um, if any of you listening are 80s kids, you may remember the TV show Alf. It was one of my all-time favourites and he had a teddy bear. He was automatically like my favourite client of the year because I just it just brought back, it flooded with childhood memories. And so he let me hold it and also he had a, um, a gizmo. So, you know, Gremlins, the movie, starts off with Gizmo and then they turn into Gremlins. He had a Gizmo teddy. So I'm like, can you please take a photo of me holding this? And so I've got a photo of me. No one has seen this but me and him because he asked me not to ever show anyone. And I've I've respected that decision. And it's hard because I really wanted to post that photo everywhere because it was so cool. So I'm holding Alf in one arm and um, Gizmo in the other and we take a photo and um, – it was good. And so with that, we proceeded to watch um, TV shows. Um, Mr. Bean, which is something I watched a lot of as a kid. And, um, oh, from memory, I'm trying to remember now what other um, TV shows there were. He was quite childlike in his demeanour and he was giggling a lot. So, um, you know, I just had to be very aware of that and not um, – be overly flirtatious and sexual to start off with and I think that's why he wanted to maybe drink a bit as well so that he felt a little bit more relaxed um so anyway I'm looking at my notes because I'm trying oh there were episodes of ALF that we watched I'm trying to remember what we um, watched but it was mostly that it was Mr Bean because 
Um, I loved Mr. Bean. Uh, and he was really good at impersonating Mr. Bean, which was hilarious and it was really funny. But it gets to a point where this job is about sex and, you know, going from giggling, childlike behaviour and um, impersonating Mr. Bean voice into a sex goddess is, is a little bit challenging. But I did it and, you know, I just approached him carefully and I touched his leg and, um, you know, my body language was more as leaning into him and all of that sort of stuff and sort of touching myself a little bit. So he knew that it was getting to that point. Um, but he was still giggling. And uh, but basically we just moved into the bedroom I said well should we take this to the bedroom and um have some more adult sort of fun and he was like yes and so we went in and it was just you know the usual he wanted me to have a shower first I had a shower and um it was very straightforward onto the bed lay down kissing but he didn't really like the kissing too much and he was giggling a lot just giggling and it was very very challenging for me and um so I can't even remember if I gave him a blowjob or anything like that. Um, I think he may have gone down on me. But, um, you know, that's a lot of what I do in my job. So it's not that that I remember the most out of this this booking. But, um, you know, I decided I realised that I really needed to take control of this situation so that it was going to end the way that I thought he wanted it to end. And, um, you know, condom on and start having sex. and. The whole time he's giggling and he is talking in the Mr. Bean voice. He's like, I, I can't impersonate Mr. Bean, but he's basically saying, oh, this feels great, but in the Mr. Bean voice. And it was so hard. I I really, this was one job where I had to actually really switch off the fact that I was having sex with him then and, um, you know, fantasize or think about having sex with someone else because um I, I didn't know if I could continue or finish the job um based on the fact that it was um very giggly and very um childlike and uh he was trying to be like a comedian while we're having sex it was really really hard anyway we eventually finished I don't even think he came but the time was up and um we just continued to chat a little bit and I thanked him very much for some oh my max recording time is 30 minutes that's good to know um and I only got two stories in so um that is my second crazy client I wonder what say crazy client let's just say interesting client booking um and I, I have sort of a crazy life. There are a lot of crazy things that go on in my life. But um, what I was talking about before, when I was talking about the prelude to that one, I think I was writing. I was writing on the plane. That's right. I was writing about what I was going to do on the plane because I was going to Sydney. That's right. I was going to Sydney to, for an overnight client, but. Um, I had one client who was desperate to see me before that overnight booking and um, I had seen him in Cairns two years previous and our paths just hadn't crossed in that time and he happened to be in Sydney and he wanted to book me for a half-hour um, cuddle make-out session and I was like, okay, that's totally fine. Um, and he 
was always concerned about um, catching STIs, even though um, I get tested all the time and um, I use protection. And he wanted to use a condom um, and we, I ended up giving him a blowjob. So um, that job was interesting in the fact that um, I had to wear shoes the whole time, stilettos, and he reported it. Um, but it was um, a job where a client went a little bit too far. So when they book you and they say, I just want a makeout session and you give them a quote for that and then they end up, um, you know, wanting a blowjob and with a condom but then trying to deep throat me with that. It's not very nice at all. Um, but I did tell him after that that, um, you know, he can't book me like that in the future. He has to be very specific about what he wants because I would have charged more for an experience like that because it's more of a porn star experience. Like cuddling and making out is definitely not the same as deep throating with condom. So um, anyway, that was the prelude to the story because I was writing the story on the plane to that booking. So that's, that's two interesting client stories for you. Um, Tell me what you think. Uh, if you've got any questions or if you want to know more client stories, I can probably think of some more. I uh, definitely have some interesting ones. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. And, um, yeah, stick around for the next episode. Okay. Bye.